All right, we're back. We are back, Kim. How are you, Mr. Picker? Let's go with, I'm doing okay. Yeah? Just, yeah. we're going to go with your We're going to go okay. with that because we have work to do and we have <laughs> conversations to have. That is true. Yeah. Great segue. We just wrapped our second community conversation. see what you did there. Yeah. Thank you. Community conversations. <laughs> this was led by predominantly Taylor Clay. It was? Yeah, yeah. I think he asked me to help a little bit, but. You did a great job. Yeah. I mean, I think those things are fun and I think they're meaningful to have people in a room that want to be in a room. You mm-hmm. know, as a teacher, that's not always the case. Sure. <laughs> Even as a preacher, <laughs> that's not always the case. Yeah. You know, there's that yeah. grumpy 19-year-old teenager being made to be at church because his mom's like, you're going to church. Right. And if you're under my house, you know. And, <laughs> you know, and then at school, we know these kids sometimes. But that, everybody wanted to be there because of the, uh, the, the focus. Yeah. yeah. For everyone listening, what we talked about in this meeting, we talked about how trauma affects the brain. And mm-hmm. it's a part one. It, I think it went well enough that we're going to do a part two in, in yeah. that same style as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'd be a lunch and learn. I think yeah. that worked really well. We got we had several families across campus come, and it was it was really nice. I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching all of the parents. I think the group grew like by more than half of. I uh, mean, for sure, it doubled is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but it was it was nice. You you guys did yeah. a really good job. So do thanks. we do we know our date offhand? Yes, November fifteenth. Do you already say that? I haven't said it. I was no. Making sure. no. <laughs> November fifteenth. Yeah. Lunch and learn. Lunch and learn. We might not do lunch, but Ooh. we're gonna learn. Ooh. What would my uh, do dessert or what? something? <laughs> I have to consider that. Well, you just bring a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. So well, yeah, that leads us into today. Right. This episode. We're not the only two in the room. I know it, and I'm so excited to talk to. That's right. Our guest today. Who is? Lynn Walker. This is Lynn Walker. Yay, Thank welcome. you for inviting me. Thank yes. you for being here. Thank you for being here. So tell us, for everyone listening, they a lot of people might not, not know who you are. So kind of give us your introduction, how you came to Good Pasture, and what do you do? I have been at Good Pasture for this is my fourth year. I came to Good Pasture because a group from Good Pasture came to visit at my last school where I worked, saw what I was doing with teaching students how to that learn differently how to learn and also working with a group of students with accommodations that needed it and so Dr. Bixman and Dr. Binkley Kelly Osborne came to visit me and um, they liked what they saw and we had we followed up with conversations and then about a year later I ended up coming over and began developing um, the learning lab here at Good pasture. Prior to my being here, Tiffany Fuquay had been here for uh-huh, a number right. of years yeah. and was doing reading intervention, but I just kind of took it. I was here to develop it further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So intervention had already begun, but I came to develop it further. And you do mean develop because I think I remember that year you were one of the rooms I would teach in. They had you kind of stuffed away in that room exactly. here in the high school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, it's like, oh, that's our, our reading specialist or our, uh, you know, learning specialist. Yeah. And and everybody's like, where, does she, where is she? Oh, yeah. down there in that room to the right somewhere at the very end. You'll find it. What is your exact title? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, I'm not really I don't sure. Know. I so, um, <laughs> so what I put on my stationery that you make me write, you know, yeah. our titles. So I am, by other people's mm-hmm. definition, a dyslexia 
therapist is what okay. I'm called. Okay. And so I have this special training that I got outside of school. I have degrees as well, but this is a kind of a certification okay. that you can get. And so I'm called, I have two designations. One is an academic language therapist and one is a dyslexia therapist. Okay. Okay. And so I use those. And so those credentials is what I brought to Good Pasture. So that's what I kind of call myself. I call myself... I really like to call myself a structured literacy specialist. Okay. That just kind of encompasses a lot of different learning areas, you yeah. know. So, because uh, it's not just dyslexia, although that is a lot of kids that come to school with mm-hmm. learning differences, dyslexia is what they have. Okay. But it's more than just that. So, sure. it's really great. I'm trying. Okay. So, if you came about four years ago, was that pre COVID or? You came. Okay, so came right after. after. Right after, exactly. Okay. I know that was one thing that we noticed because several f- students were coming to us and they hadn't been in school for months, maybe even a year, you know, plus. And then they were wanting to come to our school and they did have a, more accommodations than we were used to having. Mm-hmm. The accommodations were more that we were used to seeing. And so it was great that you were added to our staff because it did open some doors mm-hmm. for our current students and potential new students. So, yeah, probably in the mind of some, um, you know, you were just this person when you first got here, and it's like, I wish she helps people that can't get their homework in on time or mm-hmm. don't test well, and it's just this. But it's it's very more specific in terms of why you are here and mm-hmm. what you've been trained um, to do. And so now, uh, four years later, we have a learning lab, you know, and it's, we know where you're at. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. we That's have, multiple rooms. Yeah, yeah, I know, a couple right? rooms there, yeah. And it's, Ooh. but, you know, uh, and so what typically goes on in there, like if someone, because I have dropped in before, and, and when you when you come to it, it's not like people are sitting around waiting. It's not like a, Mm-mm. you it's know, a fire active, department yeah. where you're waiting on an issue in a class. No, there's, there's kids coming and going every period, moment, rotation of the day. Yeah. yeah. We do about three or four different things. Okay. But uh, so sometime when you come in, we might be just giving students accommodations. Okay. And uh, we provide accommodations for students in grades three through 12 Mm -hmm. that have a diagnosis by an educational psychologist or a Mm -hmm. medical doctor. So so your staff isn't making those? Nope. Diagnosis. Well, you're sort of in the field experiencing right. these things. Okay. So if a student gets an uh, an educational psychologist report, mm-hmm. on that report, the, they will put exactly what their recommendations okay. are. Then we take that report and we put it in a document and we will do the things that we can do. Mm-hmm. And, sure. uh, mm-hmm. and so if it's too much, like you're talking about like the missions, sometimes we, we, they aren't a fit. Because mm-hmm. you know we can only do what we're qual- what we can do, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you come in the room, you'll see us just working with students, doing tests or quizzes using their accommodations. Mm-hmm. Uh, another time you might come in the room, and we do have uh, classes that we teach. So if a student qualifies for an educational uh, plan, or mm-hmm. we call it a student support plan, the class will will have a class in for middle school. We have a different class for high school, and then we have some pullout programs for our younger grades that we work with them on specific skills, or we'll work with them, like we'll take that assignment that they need to do, but maybe we'll teach them some strategies while they're doing that assignment, okay. and that's primarily what we do. So sometimes you come in there, we actually have a class. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you come in there, we're actually having accommodations, and then another time that you come in with our younger students, we really don't 
identify students that need an educational plan mm-hmm. till third grade, okay. unless it's absolutely necessary. So, so but, I do want to know, what is it about third grade? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to operate with integrity. Okay. And okay. so in third grade, uh, you are, students begin being standardized uh, taking standardized tests. Okay. So standardized test companies will tell us what their accommodations they allow. Okay. And yeah. then we will, of course, want our students who qualify to take advantage of mm-hmm. those. Why would we mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. And so consequently, we then need a piece of paper from someone mm-hmm. who knows what they're talking about to give that diagnosis before we would give those accommodations on a standardized test. And that goes with them all the way to college. Like oh, yeah. a, a student who is dyslexic will never not be dyslexic. I'm Correct. just taking that one, for example. They can learn strategies and a lot of strategies mm-hmm. um, to help them. And they can become uh, lots of things goes on. Puberty comes. All There's so many things that go on. But they will then can take that student success plan with them and that educational testing with them to college. Mm -hmm. And then they have the accommodations there as well, Mm -hmm. especially in any state school. There's it's against the law for a state school not to give a student with testing accommodations. Uh, Now, private schools can kind of do their own thing, which is how I ended up here. We're not, you know, Dr. Bixom and to his credit, we are not required by by where whoever credits us to do the learning lab. Mm -hmm. But it's the moral, it's the moral and ethical thing to do to right. help students mm-hmm. who need help to give it to them. And so that's why I really do respect the decision that Good Pasture has made. And other other schools are st- are following suit. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, you I definitely. Just in my time that this has, you know, been around, and then the last couple of years in admissions, we would even get people who would say. They would come from another school. They were touring, and they would say, oh, we heard about your program. And sometimes it was a great fit. Sometimes it wasn't. So it just I, – I like that we have been up front while this program has been going on. And while it has been successful, we're also being up front to say there are limitations. Everybody's not a great fit for the what we can provide. But I definitely think – and Mr. Pickard, I think you can speak to this. How on the education, the faculty side, have you seen success through your students in the oh, classroom? Yeah. Um, and I've heard of it too. Generally, that sometimes the teachers, you know, if it, we all can get in our way of how we prefer to test quiz and mm-hmm. and uh, assign homework, and so it, it is a it is something that you have to learn to work with, but. You know, and I hope other teachers are this way, but, you know, I'm eager to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, I think about like, you know, when I was in school, you were in school, you know, these things rarely were ever heard of. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we maybe mentioned it or something on the college level, you heard it. But it's not like dyslexia just showed up in the last right. right, right. It's been around for, you know, and you would know the history on that. And, and, and it's like, you know, I just think about all the kids that's come through any school, but you know, for this, you know, blue and gold pod, you know, good pasture, yeah. right? They have come through here, perhaps thinking that something's wrong mm-hmm. and not knowing, perhaps being insecure or unaffirmed. I, I just think it's a very kingdom thing, as she said. It's ethically and morally sound. I mean, if we're going to be, you know, hands and feet kind of stuff to the community around us, then. This very uh, well um, harmonizes with that. And so I, I have students that, 
you know, and, and thankfully we're getting beyond, I think the big work for on, and Miss Lynn can speak to this, on the adolescent social peer level is, you know, is it embarrassing to go to the learning lab? Okay. Is it is it embarrassing for the elementary school student to be pulled out of class and mm-hmm. their kids ask on the playground or at lunch, hey, what was that about? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's just one of the things that, it seems like our the kids that are on my on my role or rosters that have these success plans, um, it, they handle it very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are a little bit more covert, and some mm-hmm. of them just say, "Hey, on this quiz, can I mm-hmm. go to the lab?" The more it becomes, you know, not taboo. Yeah, yeah. the more it's, we just want it second nature, first mm-hmm. nature kind of. You know, just it's just part of it. It's just part of education in the world we live in, mm-hmm. and and so uh, yeah, and maybe you know. Number one here, I'm going to give you a two question. Okay. <laughs> I, um, how many students you think currently are that we are that y'all are working with, um, and then with that, how are you seeing that progression of kind of killing that stigma or misunderstanding? That's uh, a good about question. It? So let me answer the second one first a little sure. bit if I can. So part of I think my job and my staff, the staff at the Learning Lab, I'm just going to talk about myself though, um, <laughs> is we have to change a culture. Mm-hmm. And it's not. I'm not talking about the teachers now. I'm talking about it's the a whole lot. thing. There's a lot, and um, it's hard to change a culture. And this sure. isn't just here. I mean, this, this isn't a good pasture, unique problem sure. at all. I'll tell people it's like turning a ship, and if you turn a ship, you've got to do it with care, with precision, mm-hmm. slowly. You're like, oh, so. But if you and you can make a ship change course, but it is a, a lot of work, and you probably need a lot of hands on deck. I don't mm-hmm. think one person, even the captain of the ship, cannot cannot change its course. And so um, that's what we're in the process of doing. The thing about those four years so far is we've – I think we're doing some things well, but we, we're still making – you know, we're still mm-hmm. figuring this out. Mm-hmm. So we're hopefully just going to get better and better. It's not all smooth sailing. Oh, that was nice. Wow. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose, y'all. Wow. Um, She's a wordsmith. We love it. wordsmith. Harsh so, words, yeah. But, but, we're, but we, you know, if we can, if we can everybody get on board, I'm, I'm killing it right You're now. It. And, um, you know, three. really, we can do this. We can, but so yeah. part of it is that's the stigma changing. And it's, I, I think kids are quick. I could be wrong about this, but y'all can tell me if you think I'm wrong. I think that kids K through 12 will follow our, the adults example. And I don't mean mm-hmm. just the people in this building. Sure. And what's so funny about this, what you just said, Heath, is that it's not like these kids haven't been here the whole time. Right. right. Uh, so we're just, we're just calling it and saying, what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. I want to always, anytime I get an opportunity to talk about this, um, I laugh and say, if you've got um, an issue with people who learn differently, I need you to understand without them, we would not have a phone a mm-hmm. light bulb, a car, we would not have we, electricity. I mean, like all the things, like literally everything. If you want to get in your history book, you want to go. I love reading the elementary biographies It's because they're kind of simplistic. And they'll go, Thomas Edison had trouble in school. They'll all say uh-huh. something along right, those lines. Right. His, and Alexander Graham Bell just, you know, his mom decided to take him out of school and just teach him at home. Like, Literally every one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's because they learned differently. Their brains were different. Mm-hmm. Consequently, they invented every all our modern conveniences. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's, we really, 
really value these people. We just don't know that we value these Correct. people. Sure. Currently, we serve, and I kind of can do a percentage. So remember, yes. I'm doing the uh, an ed plan on third through twelfth grade. That's, okay. We are currently at about ten percent of our students. Okay. At, in third through twelfth grade. Uh, have a student's uh, success plan. Okay. The general population. So yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good. So one. we serve students, sort of, kind of. I'm just going to be kind of vague on this one, but that's we fine. serve students with dyslexia, which also includes dyscraphia okay. and dyscalculia. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that if you want to or not. Yeah. Um, and then like ADHD and language processing. Okay. Those are probably the most. That's the bulk of the students we serve. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to pick on dyslexia because it's kind of what I know the most about. So. Um, <laughs> Common language says that one in five people have dyslexia. I personally think that's a little high, but I don't think 15% is. Okay. okay. So if 15% of every Joe Blow in the in the United States has dyslexia, that's just dyslexia. I'm not saying ADHD or language mm-hmm. processing. We currently serve 10%. So see, we're not even really meeting the national norm. There's probably more people in our building that have could benefit from some extra support. That's mm-hmm. really what it is that we probably haven't identified. And so we're, we'll just keep working on that. But it, we currently serve 10%. When we're in K through t- two, our goal is to do as much, and, and we don't do this all the time, but this is our goal, to do as much possible as we can to help support students to build that foundation. Okay. So we will serve anybody in K through two. You want that the teacher wants them to come down and get extra time in reading, extra time with writing, extra mm-hmm. time with spelling, any of it, we will do any of it. Mm-hmm. We don't need a diagnosis. We literally just say, Come on down. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see what we can what can we do? We'll find them a tutor, whatever it is that they need to do in K through two. It's that third grade time like we've talked about that we kinda have to to do the diagnosis. So we end up serving more than 10%, but 10% do have an official ed plan that they thus set accommodations. Okay. The other thing I want to say is a lot of public schools, if you are in special education, which we do not do special education here, but if you are, you receive accommodations and modifications. Okay. Mm-hmm. We do not do modifications at Good Pasture. That means that you, oh, you don't have to learn whatever because uh-huh. you know you aren't quite able to do it we don't do that you have to learn all mm-hmm. the whatevers at good pasture we will modify maybe how you learn it okay. or how we test you on the knowledge or something like that we, i mean we will accommodate you we will not change the content so you're not doing less there's still we're just doing it differently we're just doing, doing it, it differently, differently. Yeah. yeah one thing you mentioned is the support that we have so what what does that support look like at each level okay so, like I said, K through two is its own category, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and we will do as much as we humanly possibly can at that level because research now tells us the more we do by the end of first grade, it's really. But we're oh, wow. including second; it's fine. But that's where we do so much foundational work. So we are very much promote structured literacy, which mm-hmm. is a way to teach that uses all learning modalities at the same time, and it just um, there's a lot to it. So I'll just leave that definition and we'll move on. But our teachers are working with us to do that in the classroom and also to be whenever they come to the learning lab. So we want to just do that really, really strong foundation there. Then depending on what a psychologist says that you need, Mm -hmm. some of your options for accommodations, this is not a one size fits all at all, is some students qualify, just they qualify for extra time Mm -hmm. and they could do in a small group. 
So usually we do small group extra time because if you're doing extra time, you don't want to be the only kid sitting in the room when everybody gets up and walks out, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you're doing a small group just because you get the extra time. Some students, like, for example, with uh, a language processing, we might, if you have 30 options as an answers, which happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have a matching test or something, there's 30 choices. If this is in their ed plan and if this is in their psychologist report, we would say narrow those options. So we might narrow those to... 10, 7, I don't know, you know, so mm-hmm. that they have fewer choices because they're just bombarded mm-hmm. with yeah. too many choices at that time. If a child is dyslexic and still not able to read necessarily on grade level, but can completely comprehend things, even sometimes above grade level, we might read aloud okay. some of the test questions. And a lot of times what I end up doing here, honestly, I very rarely read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what I'll say is they'll they'll you know raise their hand and I'll just read that word or that question. And once I read it, they've put a word in wrong and they're like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Gotcha. You know, so, um, but they do have that option for read aloud. Okay. Um, so those are some pretty much our most common accommodations okay. that we use. Other people, you know, we might have um, some exceptions that we do more than that, but that's, those are pretty much the predominant ones that we use. Okay. Yeah. We do work really well with a student who has the capability mm-hmm. to do the work the way they're having to present the information or it's being presented to them in their current school situation is what's not working. Mm-hmm. But they have the capability. Now, I know I get that every every parent thinks their child's a genius. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but me too, as a matter of fact. But yeah. um, they really just have to be able to do the work. But they may or may not be making great grades because mm-hmm. the way the information is to be presented. So that's the first thing is they have to be capable – the other thing is, and this is where it gets a little tricky, we're only 10% of our whole population, right, is we're serving at this point. But some grade levels, it's higher than other grade levels. Mm-hmm. So really and truly at this point, some of our grade levels are sort of maxed out okay. for yeah. learning services because mm-hmm. we can't overload teachers. We cannot sure. say, well, we only have 10%, but 50% of fourth grade, you know, it does, right. that's never, <laughs> right. you know, we don't have any fourth grade work. teachers. Uh, and so, right. you know, we've, we've got to, so some of those probably have, we've already maxed out a little right. bit. So the ideal applicant has the capability, but they're just not able, their grades aren't, their grades, or even, honestly, y'all, I'm not that wigged out about grades. Don't tell anybody on this package. <laughs> um, but I'm more worried about kids, how they how they feel about themselves. How they Do they think they can do it? Let me tell you something. If a child thinks he can't do it, he can't do it. Mm-hmm. He won't do it, even if he has the capability. Mm-hmm. So I need to, what that, support, that support looks like that we give them is way more than what I just told you. Honestly, y'all, sometimes kids come in the learning lab, and all I say to them is, Okay, you got this. You're feeling mm-hmm. good? I'm feeling really good about this. Okay, let me know if you have any questions. Do you need a snack? Do you want a glass of water? Okay, go. Yeah. Like today I had a student in sixth grade, and he took this test in a subject. He finished, and he submitted his answers, and he was it was on the iPad so he could get it right back. And he got his answers, and he made 100. And both of us were like, oh. Oh my god! Like we were both so shocked. Don't mm-hmm. tell. I mean, I. But it was. It's like and I did almost nothing. Like literally, all I did was let him go to the bathroom in the middle of the test. <laughs> Seriously, and then I, I said, "You got this." You and I read a couple of the questions that he wasn't sure. I said, "Well, let me read that out loud to see if that clarifies it." That's what I did, and 
That's mostly what we do, honestly. Yeah. And we will say, you know, we want to encourage, like I said, teach them strategies mm-hmm. of what they can do. And then our goal is that by the time they go to college, they will know those strategies and they will utilize them on their own. Just been really good to sit in on. I know we could probably talk longer about this, and we, we need to talk more about this in certain places. But um, it's a good, it's a good start. Yeah, it's a great start. start. Yes, and, it uh, is. We've been very blessed to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for coming. Thank you. And yeah. I have a, we have a great team in the Learning Lab. We yes. really do. And so we're, I'm very thankful. You added how many people this year? This year, our staff is a total of five. And oh, wow. now, but we have two full time. Two okay. are just full time, but. Yeah, we and we have somebody in the high school, which is really big, yes. Yes. specifically for the high school, and that's been great. So, yes. man, this is wonderful. It is good. It's good to be a part of. Thanks, everyone, listening to this episode of Beyond the Blue and Gold. We'll catch you later. <laughs>